Hey Vessels, this is Love. And I'm Zion. And welcome to Voice of a Vessel Podcast, where we want to encourage and inspire you to be you. And where we grow in purpose on purpose. Week 11, we will be talking about freedom, empathy, and laughter. So, stay tuned. Okay, freedom, the beauty of being free within yourself. Mother, how you feel about freedom? You know, initially I was going to say freedom is everything to me, but the most high is everything to me. But freedom is just a huge part of that, right? But it wasn't until I, I really became a woman. I had been raising my kids for some years that I really recognized how supportive my father is of me just being me. You know how you have times in your life where you understand that you're different in a certain way? It could be anything. I talk a lot, right? So I've recognized that I was different in that way. And I don't mean just I like to have conversation. Like I like to talk about specific things a lot. Like I like to go deep, really get into the nitty gritty. And sometimes, depending on where my headspace is, I might go off on a tangent. <laughs> while I'm having that conversation because I talk a lot. But my dad always just encouraged me to be who I am. It never works out when I'm doing something outside of my character. I'm fit for that. It works for me. He always encouraged me to just be my authentic self. It's important to me because I had to understand that there's freedom in me just being me, but there's a difference between me being free to be whatever I think and me being who I am. I had to understand myself. I had to learn myself and know myself to understand that I can't just be out here saying anything to everybody. Even if it's the truth, even if it's something good, I have to make sure that I'm guided and I know when to be quiet and I know when to speak. Well, you have to be very careful about the words we say. We have to be empathetic and compassionate to other people because we are not completely sure how our words can affect other individuals. Absolutely. That was a big thing I had to learn. Huge. I had to learn that even when I'm speaking and even when it's absolute truth, I got to make sure it doesn't come off harsh or doesn't sound condescending or I'm not attacking. I'm not forcing something down somebody's throat or even in a tone that can be taken rudely. You know what I'm saying? I had a manager tell me, he pulled me to the side and he was like, look, like the things that you said were trigger words. You be triggering, ma. <laughs> I don't try to. I don't try to. It's, it's really just a part of who I am. Even at my age, it's still taking account for what I say and how I say it. And paying attention to the words that I use because I don't want to be offensive to anyone. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that whatever I have to say falls on good grounds. Now, don't get me wrong. There are moments where, I mean, you just say what it is the way it is. You know what I'm saying? There is moments. But for the most part, maturity tells you to always speak from a place of love and not just everything that comes in your head needs to come out your mouth. Everything you think does not need to be spoken. It's just kind of guiding my mouth, <laughs> my attitude and, you know, all of those things like working on my flesh, like controlling myself. I need to walk in self-control. Right. And it's not just words. It can be 
the attitude that we put out on other individuals or the emotions that we have within ourselves. Because I have a real problem of um, in certain situations, it'll appear that I'm being nonchalant when I'm not really. Right. Or it seems like I don't care about a certain situation when I really do deeply care. Some people take it offensive and some people think that I'm a meanie, but... And not necessarily a meanie. Over the years, I have assumed that you were tougher than you were because you appeared not to be affected by certain things. So when you came to me and you communicated certain things affected you, I didn't understand how because like you had a face of stone. And I just didn't understand how you walked through that without communicating that you were getting affected in that moment because, you know, nobody came and just gave you a hug because everybody thought like you good. So not necessarily a meanie, like sometimes people think that you're, you're okay when you're not really okay. And it's just because of the emotion or, you know, how it's affecting you that makes you kind of shut down or not wear your emotions on your sleeves, which is not a bad thing at all. Sometimes it's confusing for the people around you now. But that's why it's important to be in this spirit and have discernment and also to be praying. Even I don't have to pray for you when I know something's wrong. If I'm praying for you all the time, then in my prayer time, I'll be moved to pray for something different or in a different way or whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's important for us to make sure we're speaking life over our loved ones and we're letting them know we love them. And, you know, we're doing what we're supposed to do by interceding for them. Right. Which takes us to the recap of endurance. When we talked about running the race and I was seeing that when you're in that climb, it's important that you don't look back, but you should get to a place where you're now holding the door saying like, come on guys, come on guys. Joshua 3.17 talks about how the priests stood in the Jordan on the dry land and they held the walls back for the Israelites to walk by. It's important for us to get to the place where we can now hold the wall. Right. And a lot of times, we don't even know the amount of power or strength that we have within ourselves because a lot of times we think we can't even hold those walls back, but we have that power. Yeah, yeah. If you're just determined and headstrong, you can do whatever you set your mind to. Exactly. And the thing about it is, and a lot of people think of power like with physical strength, it's not really just physical strength, it's the authority. It's just the very point that I can say it. I can do it. Right, right. And the thing is, sometimes we hold the wall and we don't even realize that's what we're doing. So that's why it's important for us to constantly grow and try to be our best selves. Because maybe it's your worst day, but you're simple holding the door for me that morning. Or you're simple good morning. Or you're simple, you know, hey, you left your lights on. Or whatever it is. I mean, because a lot of times we see things and we don't say anything because it's not our place or we don't want to be in other people's business or what, you know, things like that. But sometimes those little things is what holds the wall for somebody else. Because you didn't know, I got to pick my son up from soccer. I got to pick my daughter up from work. I got to get my clothes out the cleaners because they've been in for over a week and I have a meeting tomorrow. So I have to get my suit out the cleaners. I cannot afford for my battery to die, for my lights to be on all day. And it's going to be sunny. So maybe no one else will recognize that my lights are on. So by you just holding the wall by that one simple thing, it can save a whole bunch of stress that I could have had at the end of the day. It's just those little things. Nobody's asking nobody to be a superhero. If you can, great. And you can. 
So if you get to that point, be a superhero all day, every day. But if you're not there yet, the little things you can do can change somebody's atmosphere, can actually save a life. You never know. Like so many people are going through so many things and dealing with so many emotions. Like you never know how something simple can offset or change or reset or reconcile. That's our job. I'm still stuck on that. The ministry of reconciliation. One simple thing that we can do can actually minister reconciliation to somebody else. Because this older lady paid me a compliment. I'm going to go home and call my mom and say, Mom, I miss you and I love you. And I'm so sorry. I don't even remember why we're not talking, but something so simple because everything is a seed. Spot on, love. Thank you for that, Zion. You- <laughs> uh, now you can't read nonverbal clues, Zion. I don't know what that was. You can't you read just, nonverbal clues, Zion. You just tilt your head to the side, move your letting, eyebrow, and I was letting you know, you, you lead us into this. You oh. lead us in. Come on, yo. Nonverbal clues, Lion. Actually, I said it wrong. It's not nonverbal clues. It's nonverbal cues. Yes, oh, ma'am. Cues. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Is it still with a C? Yes, it's still with a C. Did you think it was a Q? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what? Let's go now. Let's go. So, Ma. Yes. I think it's time. Time for what? Time for some. Random ridiculousness. So, this week, we're talking about laughter. When is it okay to laugh and when is it not okay to laugh? And me and Zion have this ongoing thing where she sometimes misses words. Like, it'll be right in her head, but it's wrong when it comes out of her mouth, right? And it's funny. She's super intelligent. But sometimes she just talks so fast and so she'll fumble on a word, right? When she's done it over the years, I would tell her. Like, she used to say Pacific instead of specific. Right. I would point it out to her and just, you know, correct her or whatever. And I think all of those years she thought that like when I giggled or something or if I told her that she said something wrong, I think that she thought I was kind of being condescending or something. Because now she makes it a point to point out every single time I say something wrong and she laughs at me, but she doesn't do it like a giggle or like a laugh with me. She goes like, no, I do not. And so I told her, I was like, I think all of those years, you thought that I was laughing at you and I was only laughing with you. And so it spawned into another conversation. Hold on, hold on. Let's just pause. I was laughing with you when you was laughing about me saying specific. <laughs> you would laugh at it. You <laughs> I would. would. Laugh. Okay. You would. But we're talking about like, Eight-year-old, nine-year-old Zion. Yeah, okay, yeah, probably. And you would just giggle at it. You would yeah. be like, you know, Pacific. You couldn't say it. Yeah. You or couldn't say those SP I would say a uh, medical pencil instead yeah. of mechanical pencil. Yes. But I think it's just different because I'm known for it. Like, I do a bunch of stuff like that. And then you always be like, Zion, just take the time to articulate your words and say it correctly. Like, sometimes you'd be like, no, it's just, I don't want you to sound silly. <laughs> And like you would do stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I tried my best here. So you don't laugh at people? No, I don't laugh at people. Ma, you don't laugh at nobody? I mean. You've never laughed at someone? Ever. have? Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have laughed at 
someone before. When I was young, you know, when I was a child, I act like a child, but now that I'm a daughter, I put away those childish things. So when I was young, people have done stuff to me or, you know, try to make me look bad and then end up tripping up or something. And I'd be like, ha, ha, like, you know, I was young. I was being petty. Yeah, so I have laughed at people in my life. But now, no, I don't do that anymore at all. I'm not the type of person. Like, I actually abhor that. Don't like the idea of anybody being able to take that stance over somebody else to be like, eh, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think anybody has the audacity to do that. So if someone fell down the stairs, you wouldn't laugh at no. them? <laughs> <laughs> no, hold on, listen. There's a difference in me. You know, I'm laughing at you because of what happened, and I'm <laughs> laughing because that was funny. I think it's two different things. And honestly, that type of laughter, I can't help. Honestly, I can't help it because there's something inside me that gets tickled. <laughs> tickled? It's something on the inside that gets tickled and it automatically comes on the outside. It's just, I can't control it. Okay. <laughs> seriously, seriously. But if somebody was to hurt themselves, then I won't laugh at that at all. Like, that's sobering to me. Like, if somebody actually physically hurts themselves, that's not funny. But just, you know. If someone fell down the stairs, you would laugh at them. And then when you found out that they were hurt, you'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry that you got hurt. You'd be able to cut yourself off from laughing. That's why I use the word sobering. Because if somebody falls and then they get hurt, it sobers me. It's not funny at all. Because I don't want to laugh at your pain. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know that the lawn chair is faded, you know it's been sitting out there for some years, right? And if you sit in the lawn chair and fall through it, it's going to be funny to me. It happened to a family member. I wasn't even there. And I got the pictures and it was hilarious. So <laughs> so something like that. Yeah. But once there's some physical hurt there. <laughs> you can laugh at someone if it's emotional hurt. <laughs> but physical hurt? No. Did you say emotional hurt? Emotional hurt. No. You were running to me. And you were kind of like hopping as you was running and you <laughs> fell in slow motion, literally before my eyes. <laughs> really? You bring that up? <laughs> that was one of the all time funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was pregnant at the time and I literally thought I was going to go in labor because I was laughing so hard. I couldn't breathe. My body was shaking. <laughs> And the funny part is when you got up, you said, I'm not coming outside with my brother no more to play. This would have never happened to me because I didn't want to come outside. He begged me to come outside. Like, it was so funny because <laughs> you didn't talk about the fact that you had on slides. You were running like you were playing hopscotch. And it was a long way and you were going kind of fast. And you were on like these little slates. And you know those yard slates? They're slippery. Like, there's they're smooth and you have on slides it was hilarious it was it was funny but if you had to hurt yourself it would not have been funny at all well i did hurt myself i hurt oh, my knee on. you had a little boo-boo on your knee my whole kneecap of my jeans was gone zai you are extremely exaggerating you had a little hole in your knee <laughs> you did i remember I you had know. a hole in your knee I it was know. not your whole kneecap honey. i was mad because i liked those jeans i remember i remember but it was funny it was funny and i didn't sit there and laugh <laughs> and it was in slow motion i was like why am i falling in slow motion it was in slow mo i remember it was like <laughs> 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 it was like 
slow down time so we can both to help us both so I can process the moment and so that you can situate your body on the way down right, so cause I had time yes <laughs> Oh my goodness, that was funny. Like, moments like that. Like, I can't help it. It's funny. I mean, I just think comedy is comedy. Yeah. Can we talk about the difference between empathy and pity? It's crazy, right? Because people have a sense of making certain words negative or, you know, attributing a negative connotation to certain words, right? And pity is one of those words. Because the actual definition from Oxford says the feeling of sorrow and compassion caused by the suffering and misfortune of other. And the the sentence he gave says her voice was full of pity. Right. The second definition says a cause for regret or disappointment. What a pity we can't be friends. Right. Because I was thinking when you said empathetic that it was kind of a synonym to pity. And I think that people kind of just, when people say, I feel empathetic for you, they'd be like, I don't want your pity. So some people can take empathy the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so the difference is empathy is your ability to recognize and share the emotions of another person, right? Pity is a feeling of discomfort at the distress of what somebody else is going through. It's often seen as condescending. So that's kind of the difference. Right. I see that. Okay. The importance of having people in our lives who accept us while making sure our environments and associations don't make us come of our character is essential. We need to have an outlook of empathy when dealing with others. It's that call of compassion. Everyone needs love, and each of us are required to show and be love. Hit the subscribe button and visit our website at vestalthebluster.com and let us know what you want to hear. Any questions you want us to address on the show, let us know. We want you to go and grow in purpose, on purpose. Shop our merch, read the Minute Manor blog, and interact with us on Voice of a Vessel on Facebook and Instagram at Love and Zion. Shout out to Jay Weeds for the dope beat. Um, where the music at? Mm-hmm.